Good evening, everybody. It is February 3rd, 2014. It's a Monday. It's also an afternoon and not an evening. It's also a morning, but not an evening for me. Uh, but the lies that we tell each other are what hold society together. It's time for 10 dozen minutes of lies with Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is coming to you from an undisclosed location. What types of lies have you been telling yourself recently, Mr. Skullhead? I'm not sure, because I'm a really good liar. Oh, so you can't even tell. Well, yeah, well, well th- so then this is a better question. What types of lies have you been telling others? Hmm. Well, you know, the basics, like, no, I didn't eat that cupcake, yes, I still love you, that kind of thing. Mm, okay. Who, uh, who are you going to be in trouble with if you eat a cupcake? Well, no, I just figured uh, if there were cupcakes and I ate the last cupcake, which is a, a breach of Midwestern ethics. Well, so no one is supposed to eat the last... Like, Midwestern ethics require you to leave that last cupcake for your honored dead? It will... The last of anything on a plate in some kind of communal eating session will stay there until somebody... Somebody takes it, but also acknowledges the awkwardness of taking it, as they do. Okay. So is it okay to to drink all but the last quarter inch of milk from the bottom of a jug of milk? See, I wouldn't say that it's it's in like a family setting. It's more of a social setting. Oh, I see. So I got a party. You got your big plate of bars out. Once you get down to two bars, people will start approaching it with caution. Once you get down to and one bar, people will say, "Ah, sorry, I really can't hear you anymore. Uh, I'm going to try to get up to higher ground." Yeah. Once you get onto one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer, somebody will drink the beer and or the scotch and bourbon, but one of them will always be left. Sometimes you get the lovely. People taking slices of that last bar. You know, like somebody will take half of it, and then somebody will take half of that. So technically, no one will ever finish the bar until you get down to, like, the the subatomic level. I feel like what I do is I walk up to the plate with the one bar on it, and I say, Anybody else want this last bar? Because I'm a fucking eat it. Also, what is a bar? What is this? I wasn't even invited to this party. Who are you? (laughs) No, uh... a bar, you know, like a lemon bar or a or a lime bar or a no. I guess I've heard. I guess I've heard the phrase bar. lemon bar. That's like a bar where old guys go to lay to <laughs> right their, to have their parties. Yeah, you know, like a bar you would put a maybe a graham cracker crust into a pan, and then you would put some kind of lemon gel, kind of like the stuff that's in a lemon meringue pie, on top of it. Okay. And then you would top that with some powdered sugar, and you'd bake you'd bake the thing, and then you'd cut it into slices. And does it become does it become thick and stiff? Yeah, I would guess it's not like just and so eating do, a, so do the bars eating like pudding on toast. <clears throat> no, it's cohesive enough that you can cut it into bars, and the the pieces are referred to as bars, and no one's ever going to take the last bar. Is that like the last no hot dish? Yeah, or the last scoop of hot dish. Yeah, there's like a one serving left. Wow, and a scoop Nobody's gonna isn't take even that. a scoop isn't even a, a properly designated measure. Like, how do you even define that? That seems like it's even more prone to that taking a little a little section of what's left. Yeah, the main thing is you don't want to be the person who, after you took your portion, it's now gone. Hmm. Unless you're unless you're like, well, you know, I'm I'm a Minnesotan, so I, I really hesitate to do this. But uh, if nobody else is gonna eat this, I'm totally. Uh, if, if that's okay, because it would be silly if it just went to waste, you know. Is it okay to but, take it if you replace it with the last remaining scoop of hot dish from the previous potluck? Oh, that may be. If you just get, you gotta pay it forward, so everybody has to bring a little baggie. 
full of leftovers so that they can they can never be an empty dish. I have like thrown away food from a party because everything just had the last piece of it left. Even um, like is this a party where you invited your grandparents and their friends, or like even among even among the young hip assholes renegades that you hang out with? It's more likely that you'd have somebody just acknowledge the awkwardness and take it, but there will still be a good half an hour where that plate sits there with one thing left on it because nobody wants that stigma. Uh, I think that if I'm ever at a party at your house where that's happening, I am just going to make a point of taking the last of each thing and just flushing it down the toilet. <laughs> just saying, mm. all right, I know this is kind of awkward, but I'm going to go flush this down the toilet with the door open and also I'm going to poop. So Yeah, the, the way I see it, I'm just saving a step. <laughs> ah, yeah, it was going to end up in your toilet tank one way or another. <laughs> Yeah, but I wish you wouldn't have put it in the top tank. Mm-hmm. How you been? How was your weekend? Well, this was a weekend of d- domestic tranquility. I feel like no, uh, we had no a, kind of a tranquility Super Bowl based. insanity. We uh, well, like Saturday, we just got the urge to bake, so we baked some cupcakes and made some frosting for them. Dude, me too. <laughs> some delicious baked cupcakes, grapefruit cupcakes. Did you okay? So, what about among your family? Who eats the last cupcake in your family? Oh, my dad will totally eat the last of anything. Was he? In, oh, was he in town? No, but I'm just saying. Yeah, in my extended what? No, family. I'm saying your family, Mister. The family of oh, which right. you are the paterfamilias. I'm the damn paterfamilias. And in a in a family setting, I generally end up cleaning up after both of both my wife and my son. If I'm if I'm not careful. I would end up eating at least a dinner and a half and a dessert and a half or two. So if a dad and a half can eat a dinner and a half and an hour and a half. I never liked that one. I always preferred chucking wood. If a dad and a half can chuck a wood and a half. I have a laugh and a half on a raft with a giraffe. A raft and a half. Which, (laughs) the idea of half a boat came up yesterday in some context, and I thought that was pretty funny. I guess if you have the bottom half, maybe you're still floating. Yeah, probably because I mean the, you know, d- d- how, well it depends on how buoyancy works. I don't know. That's gonna be your best odds, though. Then like taking the left half, the right half, the front half, or the back yeah, half. If you took the back half, maybe it would tip backwards, and you know, depending on how the weight was distributed. Maybe you could give your boat like a gangsta lean. Mm-hmm. It would still be. You could just have everybody yeah. run into the boat butt. I think that's the boat version of a caboose, right? That's the boat. Yeah, that's why it used to be called the poop deck. It's a maritime term. Maritime term. Ermacard. Maritime term. term. I uh, yeah. On Sunday, I wanted to watch the Super Bowl because I always want to watch the Super Bowl. So, do you want to watch the Super Bowl or do you want to watch the commercials and then the ensuing outrage on the internet about the commercials? I like all of it, honestly. Like. I can watch three or four football games in a year. I'm I don't really follow too closely what's going on with it. But like when the Vikings play, I'll watch it because hey, we're in Minnesota. People like the Vikings. I'll watch oh, it. Oh, and I've heard that football is where they're a Viking. <laughs> uh, sadly, no. Turns out they're not a very good football team. But uh, the the Super Bowl, I like to watch the game. I like to watch the pageantry. I like the halftime show. I like the commercials. Really, even when the halftime show is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Bruno Mars, lest we forget. <clears throat> My mom uh, commented that Bruno Mars is a real weird guy, and I don't know who Bruno Mars is. 
Tell me, Mr. Skelet, who is Bruno Mars? He's like the offspring of Michael Jackson and an Oompa Loompa. Like, literally? I wish. He's like he's a tiny guy with a really high voice, and he writes pop songs that people seem to enjoy. And he he writes for kind of everybody now too. Is he positioning himself to be the next Michael Jackson? It seems like it. He's got like he's a dancer, and a, he was a backup singer, and now he's a. I saw a gif of him doing a he's dance. A, he's a tiny he's man. A better dance than I could do. But he's surrounded. Maybe he's surrounded himself like by five a, feet tall by tiny other men, so he didn't look tiny. Right. You put him next to like a somebody who's five seven or five eight and he looks like a midget. He constantly dances next to Elijah Wood. And you know, like the the whole Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers billing like the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out halfway through and like looked surprisingly well preserved for being like fifty year old ex heroin addicts. But then they just sang Give It Away for a while and then they left. Hmm. And then Bruno Mars did the rest of it. So, you know, I mean, I like well, they got, they a got couple tired, of Red Hot you know? Chili Peppers song, they, they, songs. They sang the one song that I would probably want to hear them sing. Yeah. So that was cool. But, uh, yeah, we made some uh, some snacks. And it's a, a good excuse to eat like shit and drink a bunch of beer in a day. Hmm. I, feel like so every, I, uh, I feel like every Sunday is, is an excuse for that. Well, well sure. apart from the day drinking. I'm not going to do that. Never, no way, no how. Well, kickoffs at five thirty, so if you you crack a beer at five thirty, I don't think that's too bad. We, uh, I made in lieu of buffalo wings. You say it's I five o'clock somewhere, but only pie, in one of those weird uh, half time zones where somebody's angry about something that the neighboring country did. Right, it's after five o'clock, pretty much where I am. So that's enough. But yeah, we had a buffalo chicken pot pie kind of thing. That was delicious. Did you make a sauce, or did it, you it was did good. you uh, produce a sauce from a jar? I used the uh, Green Mill Buffalo Wing Sauce because it's one that's, it tastes exactly how I think buffalo sauce ought to taste, but it's something my wife can eat too. Okay. So. So it just doesn't uh, have the kick of the mighty buffalo. It's pretty spicy, but it doesn't have whatever, you know, it doesn't have like crushed red pepper flakes in it or, or something. The important thing is it's safe for her to eat, so we can totally use it. So you make like a, you cook some chicken and shred it. And throw some shredded cheese and cheddar and some blue wow, cheese. Wow, you're really you're really shredded. They should make a video of you doing this while they play some really terrible guitar noodling. Well, I also did it on a snowboard as I was yeah, shredding yeah, down yeah, a mountain. Mr. Mr. Skullhead shreds. Mr. Skull and shreds, was, they call him. Yeah, and I was dressed as the shredder from the Ninja Turtles <laughs> when I was doing good. it. Good. I mean, that makes it easier to that makes it easier to slice up cheese because you've got those blades fucking all over you. Yeah, and I printed out the recipe, but afterwards I destroyed it and by feeding it into a certain office appliance. He would have been a little. Do you think he would be more or less intimidating if he was the greater, and instead of those, instead of those long curved blades coming out of all of his bracers and whatnot, they were just sort of like shallow, circular impressions with blades on one side. I think you would kind of make fun of him until you realized how much it would suck to get hit by one of those. Yep. It was like, aha, you missed. Oh fuck. You, like my, you just barely missed, are rarely which is fatal, the, worst, will miss, the worst you'll possible. Wish. Uh, like a glancing blow is the worst. So anyway, there was this pie. Oh man, we should put a thing in. Anime. We should put a weapon in KOL <laughs> that is an arm-mounted cheese grater. So glancing blows do a thousand times as much damage as regular hits. Oh, that's a great idea. And you could have a microplane, which only does damage to the monster if you fail to hit it. He said, we don't have fail to hit anymore. That's right. Microplane, uh, you mean like a tiny airplane? 
Uh-huh. Because if it doesn't say microplane, it's not the real thing. I, I didn't understand that sentence because you didn't say it fast enough. Hmm. I don't think I've ever been able to talk that fast. No. I can read. If, I, can, I, if I, I could. I can read pretty fast, but I can't. I can't well, yeah. I guess he was reading. He was probably reading from some sort of super high-speed teleprompter that NASA developed just for those commercials. Mm-hmm. I wish they would put, like, presidential speeches and stuff on that. That would be way more interesting. Like, the State of the Union would only be 15 minutes The auction long. of the Union. Yeah. See, if I could talk faster, I would have already finished explaining what the... the yeah, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Finish, yeah, finish, finish your story. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt your recipe time with Mr. Skullhead. I'm, I'm making right. fun of you, but I actually am interested. If anybody at home wants to make this dish, what you got to do... Um, mix up some bisquick with some cornmeal, so like half as much cornmeal as bisquick, and then just make it as as bisquick tells you to. And that's going to be the top of the thing. You take your shredded chicken, your cheddar cheese, your blue cheese, and like a half a bottle of the the buffalo sauce. Be sure to use official Snoochy brand blue cheese. Exactly, and then you mix it all up and put that in a pie. Pan, pie ten, pie pie glass. Pie configuration. Yep. And then spread the bisquick on top in kind of like a, a disc of crusty kind of stuff. Bake it at four hundred for twenty minutes or so till the top's done and it's fucking delicious. That sounds uh, gross. That sounds grossly like a uh, like a uh, shepherd's pie, which is a thing that I do not like. You mm. put a crust around it, that's acceptable. Well you don't put a crust around it. Yeah, that's what we I'm tried, saying. That's why it's I bad. actually tr- I tried that once. I guess with the and with it, what you've described, okay. you could just I could just remove the top layer and just eat the stew that I was pretending that the pie was. Uh, it's not it's not liquidy like that though. The the crust doesn't get soaked in the sauce. It's actually pretty uh pretty cohesive. So that that's what you like that just sounds like a it's meal to delicious. me. That doesn't sound like eating like an asshole because you have the excuse of the Super Bowl to eat like an asshole. <clears throat> Oh no, that was the main. That was like the dinner in in all of the snacking. <clears throat> we also had lots of tortilla chips and salsa, and I I bought my yearly jar of Tostitos cheesy like plastic salsa mm-hmm. to eat, and that was fucking delicious. Do you consider like I kind of think of a of a of a tortilla chip and some salsa as being in a different category than like a potato chip or a Cheeto or something, right? Like it's not it seems to me and I, I guess probably a Tostitos corn chip is just as bad for you as a Frito right I mean well on whatever axis a Frito can be said to be bad for you right which is probably not yeah, at all unless you eat a whole bunch of them all the time like but they're really salty and they're fried right tortilla chips are. yeah but I mean I feel like whereas I would not put some Doritos in a lunch and feel like I was eating okay that day I would have like a handful of chips and some salsa and not, you know, that's sort of like a salad and some crackers. Now, hey, we, like we even get the blue corn chips so we can further fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing something uh, healthy well, with our... Well, sure. I mean, the healthy thing that you're doing is you're keeping America's food coloring uh, in, in industry intact. Is that the deal? I should go look at the... the ingredients on Dude, that. Dude, I don't, I don't know. I think that there is all kinds of... There are all kinds of different colors of corn. Uh, yeah, I don't see corn color because I'm a good corn person. Okay, because you're a dog. You're a corn dog. I'm a real dog when it comes to corn. I can't. <laughs> you're the corn now, dog. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, I watched that football game. It was uh, 
a fairly one-sided game. That's what I heard, always, just based on occasionally checking Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it was like 45 to 8. So it just ends up making one of these teams who managed to beat everybody else and still get there seem like they, I don't know, like the team crashed their bus on the way and so the owners found that there was nothing in the rules against drafting a bunch of hobos to play. Okay. Jesus Christ, and Twitter, maybe Twitter a donkey. was this, there should have been a donkey. Twitter was this perfect storm of meta meta commentary given both Philip Seymour Hoffman and the Super Bowl happening at the same time. Although I oh, guess yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman recently stopped happening right before the Super Bowl, but like there were people talking about both of them enthusiastically and then there were not there was not anybody saying anything about like Okay, I guess the Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff was just meta commentary because it was people saying like, "Oh man, I hate it when everybody's like, oh, I totally love that celebrity," even though they wouldn't have bothered mentioning him the day before he died. And it's like, well, right, because that's what fucking people do. Like, that's a way of dealing with that kind of thing, right? Is to say nice things about somebody after they die. Like, that's kind of part of what civilization does. So I think the the worst variation of that is the. God, everybody's posting about Philip Seymour Hoffman when today in Iraq, 20 orphans died, you fuckers. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the improv everywhere is evil because they should be using that energy to feed the homeless. But but then a bunch of people saying, don't post snarky things about how you're not watching the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, nobody was. At least nobody that I saw. Yeah, I... I posted that link to the AV Club's commentary on it because I, in past years there has been plenty of that on my feed. It's just kind of a... It's a neckbeardy, like, false superiority thing that bugs me every year when people are like, oh, apparently there's going to be some big contest of sports ball today, but I am going to do this. Like, well, fuck you. You know goddamn well that there's a football game called the Super Bowl, and it does not lessen you as a human being to admit that you're aware that it exists. Like, come on. But that would require you to admit that you owned a TV and didn't use... Yeah. There was a device in your house that was not running Linux. I mean, there's a difference between, like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl because I'm in labor with my third child. Like, sure. Right. I'm not watching the Super Bowl because I I don't really like football, but you guys have fun. (laughs) Like, that is... That's, That's totally great, but the, like... I um, I care about more important things than idiots in huge pads trying to move a ball around, so I will be over here playing World of Warcraft. Like, go fuck yourself, you know? It's fine to not like things or like things, and nobody has to win. Especially the Denver Broncos. Oh! Sick burn. Yeah. Um, were, there any, uh, were there any standout commercials or scandals? There's the there was the Coca-Cola commercial with everybody singing America the Beautiful in different languages that uh, apparently pissed off some people. Yeah, I heard about that. Metafilter seemed pretty upset about Scarlett Johansson uh, being a spokesperson for SodaStream. Yeah, apparently SodaStream has their headquarters in occupied Palestine, and that's a thing. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, like... You have a soda stream. Do you feel like it makes you a bad person that you have one? Or you- no. I mean, I am happy to not really use their products because their their products are proprietary packaging of CO2 that allows them to charge literally a hundred times what you would pay to just buy CO2. So 
I we always sort of hack the thing to use a regular tank. And I mean now we've taken uh-huh. to just not using like just using our own carbonator instead of having the soda stream in the in the loop at all. Because the because the injector itself is made of plastic, it's almost impossible to get like a third party fitting to connect to it without being super leaky. So it's hard to remember to like turn all the valves off every time you make one of those bottles. So uh-huh. now we just sort of make a thing two liters at a time by shaking it, and it's fine. It's good. You get to shake it up, baby. I think the cars would appreciate that. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It was There was that on the heels of a lot of people, and I don't know, man. This is, this is one of those things that we shouldn't even talk about, but, like, somebody posted, like, hey, do you think Woody Allen deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award? Do you think that we can separate what the guy is from what he's done and what he has made from what he stuck his fingers in? And, uh, man, just a minefield. Yeah. And from my position of privilege as a a dude who's never been sexually assaulted, it it just seems like, well, sure, you give Roman Polanski an Oscar, so sure. You're not giving him a Lifetime Achievement Award for touching children, you're giving him a Lifetime Achievement Award for the movies that he made, and you're a movie-making industry that's giving it to him. So, uh, but I, I was still, up until very recently, a guy who would always say, we have Columbus Day not to celebrate genocide, but to celebrate the spirit of, like, the pioneering spirit that leads somebody to sail across an ocean. No, I was always celebrating genocide. Was that not... I must have gotten the well, wrong I wasn't. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm not the best guy to ask. Yeah, I mean, I think that you would read an Orson Scott card book, right? Yeah, I the thing is I don't know that I would buy an Orson Scott card book, but I would check one out from the library. I don't. I think there's a difference there, like a, a small difference between like experiencing his art. I and see. So you would. So you money. would. You would steal from him, but you wouldn't buy from him. You wouldn't. Wow. You wouldn't, have you gone so far you down the line? You wouldn't check a car out from, from the library, from the library Mr. Is stealing. Yes. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I think almost every Orson Scott card book that I ever bought, I bought at a used bookstore. So, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to give the old man at Anchor Books in Prescott, Arizona a dollar. He could use it. I doubt if that guy's still alive. I think the store is still there. I, I check every time I go, and I think the store is still there. I like a, I like a used okay. bookstore. I I remember every, every Friday we'd go down to Anchor Books and buy a book from Philip Seymour Hoffman. I wonder if that guy's still alive. <laughs> Ugh, man. Are you sad? Are you sad? There's never going to be a happiness too. Yeah, that was that was sad. It it's weird to be like sad about the fact that some dude whose work I admired is gone, but also just kind of sad about the movies he's not going to make. Yeah, because, because I mean that's the actual impact. That's the actual impact it's going to have on you, right? Like I don't like my first thought was who's going to be Plutarch Heavensby in catching in. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, mine was also like, oh, deal. wow, like, is he an actual important character in this? Because that sucks. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a Dumbledore all over again. Yeah, I still think Richard Harris was a better Dumbledore. Is that the original one? Yeah. They shouldn't have hired an actor who was knocking on Dumbledeath's door. <laughs> oh. Heaven's, Dumble Heaven's door? Okay, you're at Death's door, you're knocking on Heaven's door. You keep on knocking, but you can't. So are they, the, are they the same door? Hmm. I guess. I don't know. I know that when God opens it, he closes a window. 
because he's, mm. God isn't paying to cool off the entire neighborhood. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's so much harder to climb through a window oh, than to go out a door. Jesus, I wonder if Jesus actually was that. born in a barn. That's why he always opens a window when a door closes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. To Jesus, quit walking over all my water. Oh, were you born in a barn? I'm not walking on your water. I'm walking on your wine. <laughs> ah, pretty good. Pretty good. Do you think that the reason that he was able to walk on water is because he was just constantly multiplying fishes? So he was actually sneaking along on a bunch of invisible fish just below the surface? I think that's actually in one of the uh, Apocrypha. Hmm. Yeah. It was rejected by the Council of Nicaea. What are the What are the apocrypha? Explain that. That's it's like parts of the things that used to be in the Bible were trying to be in the Bible, things that didn't quite yeah, make like the cut. There were there were a shit ton of Gospels of Jesus that were written <clears throat> in between his death and and like Christianity really hitting it big. So after a while, that all of the theologians of the time got together and had a council to figure out what was going to be the official Bible and what wasn't. And, like, the Christians believe that God guided them to only pick the ones that were legit. And everybody else is just like, well, you know, these were the ones that had the... They were the most popular with these theologians, and they left this one out because that guy who wrote it had, like, slept with the other guy's wife and that kind of thing. Mm, okay. <clears throat> so I'm sure there is one uh, where Jesus is just constantly multiplying fishes. He's teaching kids how to multiply. And also feeding them. What a nice guy. Mm. Um, I wasn't anywhere with a television, so I don't even own a TV. Also, I heard there was some sort of sports game going on, Mr. Scullett. I, I wouldn't go. know anything about that. I was too busy. I probably playing video games. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was too busy playing Madden with uh, the teams that were in the Super Bowl mm, to see if they would mm -hmm, to see yeah. how f see what the fidelity of that simulation is like. I uh, man, I accidentally like i was i was left to my own devices for dinner one night uh i don't know two weeks ago and i thought well i'm gonna take a notebook and i forget what i was working on it was something maybe something in this new level 11 stuff that we've been working on that i think at this point is going to roll out for those curious and for us to just start randomly talking about kol in the middle of what is not a podcast about kol what are you stupid uh working on the level 11 stuff that's going to roll out with sneaky pete uh, at this point, because it doesn't make any sense to roll out a big chunk of content five days before a path or whatever. Anyway, I thought, yeah. I'll go to this place that I often can just sit at the bar, relative quiet, and eat and work in my little notebook like an asshole. I'm going to be that asshole sitting there writing things in a little notebook. They're my feelings. They're my feelings and they're private. <clears throat> no, it was just some it's just some Walgreens. Oh, that's okay. Like if you were sitting there typing on a typewriter, sure. Yeah, it's just some. You know, it's like a Walgreens notebook. I don't. I don't. I like. Someone gave me a Moleskine as a gift once, but is it pronounced Moleskine? Dude, I don't know. <clears throat> or Geif. It's it's um, Dog. Uh, anyway, but but it turns out it was a fucking playoffs game that the local team was in, and so it was like just a scream party. And then the game ended, and then it was a surly, like, I was seriously sort of worried that a fight was going to break out. I don't exactly understand this. Why does a city, why does a city riot when their team wins? You would think a bunch of drunk, angry people, a bunch of drunk, disappointed people would be the ones who would want to set fire to a police car. Like, this was your fault. 
policemen. Yeah, we're so happy about our team winning that we're gonna wreck shit. Hey, I guess. I don't know. I've never been part of a, a mob. Hmm. I don't even own a TV that I looted from uh, a Walmart. I wonder what... I mean, it's easy to say that you wouldn't get carried away by the emotional tide of that kind of thing. But, like, clearly people who wouldn't normally do that, they do if they see somebody else doing it and are given permission, right? Like, so, what would we do? I would probably blow in the conch shell and then tell everyone to kill Piggy. Oh, yeah? You think so? Yeah. Well, we can use his glasses. We can mm. break his glasses so that then there are more glasses, so we can all have some. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I, I'm very Lord of the Flies, I think, but I'm also kind of a liberal. Yeah. So, like, it's not fair that he I think you has just that he has all of the glasses. Yeah. One the, one the percent, percent of, the kids of it own. <laughs> has a hundred percent of the glasses. <laughs> oh boy. Hmm. Um. I don't think that's liberal, Mr. Skullhead. I think that's communist. Hmm. Redistribution of glasses. <laughs> uh, do you want to? Uh, do you want to get to some questions? Oh yes. Do you got anything else? Uh, Tess Blashy says, "Why is the hippie so smug?" Hey, I think I've earned the right to be smug. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a setup for a joke. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't actually understand what that question is about. It's because he doesn't even own a TV. Which which hippie is smug? It's because he stopped using shampoo and rubbing poison into his skin every day, <laughs> and is is cleaner than all of you. <laughs> yep. And it's because he realized that the design of the human foot is the perfect shape for running, evolutionarily speaking. So he doesn't wear shoes anymore. Is that a hippie? Th- oh, doesn't wear shoes. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were going with the Vibram five fingers, and I was like, I don't think. I don't know if that's a hippie thing. No, he he runs barefoot because even the five finger is no good. Mm-hmm. He he's smug because he does not replenish his body with the suffering of other living creatures. I would argue that the hippie is smug because he is just better than you in so many different ways, and he's keenly aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which hippie that guy was talking about. Maybe it's the boat hippie. That's the most mm. recent hippie I can think of. That's the only hippie I can think of that actually has a personality as th- and, and is called the hippie, right? You can say, like, why is slow-talking Elliot so smug? He's not. He just comes across that way because he talks so slow. Uh, yep. Why is the glass of orange juice so smug? Um, he's not. He's not anything, man. He's a glass of orange juice. What are the other hippie heroes in the war? I don't even remember. There's yeah. there's Bob like one of like them's the Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan guy, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it's like Bob Dylan's real name, Manfred Mann. <laughs> there should be a like a, a Manfred Mann who blinds you with a light, and gets you wrapped up like a douche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man or Manfred Mann. <laughs> Duke Charisma says, Dearest Jick and Skullhead, how is KOL best enjoyed in your opinions? Like life ever trudging onward in pursuit of newer and better content? Or like a race ever trudging onward in spite of newer and better content? Do you think that your life is a series of onward trudgings in pursuit of newer and better content? No, I was going to say that I think you should enjoy it like life, which is have some goals that you're working towards, but always appreciate the opportunity for a fun diversion. Yeah, stop and uh, stop and smell the roses. Or gather you mushrooms while you may. Ever trudge onward in pursuit of newer and younger girlfriends. 
Yeah. Good. Dragon Eye says, Me and a friend are back after two plus years on hiatus. My questions are, what have we missed, and how do we do this game? Dragon Eye. Vazelon says, Hello, my name is Vazelon, the player with the strength of one man. Me and my friend Dragon Eye <laughs> have been away from this game for two plus years. What have we missed? Well, you missed when this one guy came in and tried way too hard to convince us that he was two different guys. What do you, <laughs> what what do you suppose he's hiding, Mr. Skullhead? Hmm. Dragon Eye Vazelon. I don't know, but I am taking like five milligrams of Vaselon every day. Mm-hmm. So I just normally use it as a, as, a, as an un, an unguent, a punguent, unguent. <clears throat> what is Vasel? What, what is Vaseline for? Uh, I mean, like ostensibly, what it is for is for treating dry skin, right? That seems really gross, though. Preventing a rash. Is that really a thing that you would do? I think it's a thing that you would do for a baby. Oh, okay. So you yeah. like, like you just lube up a baby skin so that it doesn't get a diaper rash? So the diaper slides yeah. right off it. I mean, all I know about Vaseline is that it's good eating. Mm-hmm. That's like four O's. It's that good. Cleans you right out. No, but seriously, <laughs> I just don't. It seems like a thing that 30 years ago, everyone had some in their house. And I have never yeah. had any occasion to need it for anything, and I'm just curious as to what it is actually for. I wonder if before there were other kinds of lotion, if that was a thing that you used instead of lotion. A million other products, I guess, that you just, could put on chapped lips. Yeah, like, here is a thing that is much better at all of these jobs. So, I mean, the joke is always it, that it's, that it's it used as a, as a personal lubricant, but, like, seriously? Yeah. That seems awful. That honestly yeah. seems like it would make things worse all things no matter what the things were <laughs> it's used for all the stuff you use WD-40 for okay so, so you, you know. huff it yeah then squeaky hinges and sex Kelty the Pasta Queen says how do you feel about introducing hidden mechanics for ascension for example early game actions that if certain conditions are met affect things later in the game special non-combats varying dropper and counter rates removal addition of monsters in a zone that sort of thing it would add a level of unpredictability to an ascension that I think slash hope people might find interesting you know, unpredictability, I think, is a bad way of framing that, because that is a thing that I think a lot of people would very much not like. But, you know, it's weird. I wonder <sighs> if we had, like, a year to make a new mainline quest progression, right? Like, just we we take the amount of the amount of stuff that there is in the just sort of core ascension playthrough of KOL and if we were to just do it again but actually map it out you know actually have an outline instead of like this is the fourth level quest because this is the fourth thing i thought of when i was making this game and it didn't mean anything right i wonder if we would or wouldn't do more stuff like that huh. you know every once in a while it, like i feel like we're getting a little more now that now that I feel like the revamps are getting the quests in more or less a permanent state, which is maybe a dumb way of thinking about it, because I probably would have said that before, right? But it's like, you know, I like I think, for instance, that the, the, the orc chasm is the finest thing that we've ever put into the game, and so I'm not going to change anything about it ever. But we do keep doing things that are like, ah, oh, this is the thing that helps you build a bridge or whatever, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, things that you can get in other places and earlier in the game that are that are affect the parts of the game that have coalesced into what is more or less their final form, um, which is crazy powerful. You won't even believe it when you see its final form. 
Or perhaps that isn't even its final form. Uh, you know, in the you don't know. in this new level eleven stuff, there's some there's some cross zone interactions that people are that like Dev is seems to really be enjoying. Like they they're it's it's gotten a vicious discussion, a vibrant discussion, a vivacious, vitriol, Vi- vibrant, brisk. What is it? What do you call it? What do you call a discussion that people are having real hard? Like lively, yeah. There you go. Lively that's discussion. The, that's the word. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's like the the Rat King is very much an example of that. That's been around for a really long time, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, we we do we do a thing like that. We like a thing like that. Uh, winged winged evil, winged evil, or winged devil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna poke you with a stick. I'm gonna poke you with a, a, a tiny trident and then complain about it. Do they have tridents or pitchforks? Pitchforks, I always thought. So are they? Are, is it? Is it like uh, the souls of the damned are like hay to us, and we must make hay while the sun doesn't shine? We must make hay where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> you've, yes. you've stuck. You've you've stuck the souls <laughs> of the damned where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, I always thought. But the difference between a trident and a pitchfork is pretty nebulous, right? Well, I mean, a, I th- maybe a pitchfork has curved tines and a trident... I mean, because a pitchfork isn't designed as a hurting people weapon and a trident is, right? Or is it a fishing thing? They're, they've got, like... I think of a trident as having, like, fish hooky barbs on the end. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. Fish fish hooky barb. Uh, she's the girl that always played hooky from a school of fish. <laughs> Winged Evil says... That's a... Hmm? Go ahead. Is Sneaky Pete coming along well? If so, will you be slacker asses and delay it until the end of February? No, I mean, it's good. Like, we've never... We've never been late with a challenge path. So I don't think that I would ever delay that for any reason. It is going to be weird because we're going to be... I'm going to be at Indiecade uh, in New York mm. when this thing has to roll out. Um, so it's... I have a couple days less time than I think I do. But I need to, I don't know. My plan is to sort of bust my ass today and tomorrow and get all of the skills and stuff into testing on dev. And that that leaves us plenty of time to have all the arguments that we've had about every avatar path ever. But also, you know, given that this time we have two examples to go on as to how powerful these things need to be, I, th- I think we're going to be fine. Um... Yeah, it's it is definitely coming together. I am Captain Dream. Dream Captain Dean says any word on uh, how that Dancing with the Stars trophy will be remedied? No, I mean, I I get that it it is irksome to some people that there is this one trophy that you can't get, and I it it maybe it should be a priority, but it just isn't. Uh, like, it's I I think that it will get fixed in whatever way. Like CD Moyer decides to fix it when somebody complains to CD Moyer and he has a minute and an idea for how to fix it. Right, because yeah. I just when I got to the Disco Bandit revamp, I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot that Disco Bandits have all these extra skills in the Nemesis quest." I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to deal with incorporating these into the new system that they have. And then, oh right, there was that stupid trophy. Uh, hey, Monday Crew says Felgood, can we get a next KOL podcast option on the Witch Podcast? Is this for drop down? I can't always remember when you record. Um, there's a couple reasons that you don't need that. One is that it always defaults to the next podcast based on our typical recording schedule like after today the drop down will default to the Thursday show and then after Thursday the drop down will start defaulting to the show again um, and also I go through 
periodically and move them to the appropriate show for in in my estimation of what the appropriate show is so it's gonna be fun Wax says, what's the difference between place.php, which place equals wherever, and woods.php? Well, place.php is how we should have done container documents for things all along. Um, it is a systematized way of presenting KOL geography to you where we can, we have a spindler and we can, you know, just like say, this is the background image you use and under these circumstances, put this thing here and under these circumstances, put this thing here. It, like in an editor rather than, although apparently it's an editor that Though it makes a lot of sense to me, everyone else is really intimidated by. <laughs> um, I, I kind of built KOL High School in there. Yeah, I mean, which, or at least I, I started to. You yeah, know? you did. I mean, you did. Like it, <clears throat> it worked. There were there were some things that had to be fixed or whatever. And it can't. You can't really use it when you use it without art. It's all you're doing is sort of like gray boxing the thing. Anyway, there's just like oh, this. Just put a link here instead of. And just put it wherever, right? Like, just it, it, like it, it'll let you without any art. It'll let you just build a kind of a collection of links. The the advantage of the other advantage of place.php over and say, say like woods.php was just early. I was like, oh, I'm going to make a place called the woods. So I guess I just make a new PHP script that just you know shows you this part of the world. And you know because it's like, well, this needs to show up if you have this flag set, and this needs to show up if you're higher than this level or whatever. And there wasn't any way to sort of build that logic into the data structures of the game because there weren't really data structures of stuff like that. Um, but it also makes it so they just, th anything that uses place.php just automatically works in the mobile interface that is in development and slowly being made and slowly being refined. Um, so that is a thing that is an advantage. And also anything that's done in place.php is automatically accessible to the blind um, uh -huh. If, well, I guess probably only if it's being presented in that mobile interface, but I think it's fine the way that it is because we haven't had any complaints about it from any of the people who would tell us. Not complaints, just reports that it isn't working. What, what's up, you whiner? <laughs> That's what we say <laughs> to the blind. It's okay to make fun of blind people because you just move and then they don't know where you are to hit you. Oh, I just figured we did it in text. Like an image of text. Yeah. Like I, we would just wear a shirt that says, screw you, blindy. Mm-hmm. It's like those things that say, fuck the colorblind in the like color pattern mm -hmm. for the colorblind Yeah, test. those are hilarious. Only it's, it's, a little, it's a little simpler. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just one step back up that tree. Yep. <clears throat> I, can't, uh, I can't read those. It's like they, they went out of their way to make it as subtle as possible so that hmm. any amount of red-green deficiency makes it so you can't read that shirt just because it's hilarious. I'm upset that 90% of the people have 100% of the ability to distinguish between red and green. <laughs> Rods and cones. I wonder if what you saw was actually a shirt that didn't say that, but that they were telling you it said that to fuck with you. Mm, I don't know. Every, when I, Everybody in the room laughed when I turned my screen around and said, what does this say? Yeah. So... I don't think I don't know. They might have worked that out ahead of time. They were like, "Hey, just in case Zach ever shows us this, this is what we're going to do." Leafy Greens writes, yeah. "I am often called Lefty Greens to the point that I forgot my actual username today and failed a login attempt. Save me from stupid self and let me change my name before my condition worsens." I bet Damned Fish suffers from the same too. I'm here to give a voice to the voiceless. Ah, oh, man. I guess eventually 
you know, this is going to end up, this is the next fullness meter. Like, I don't want to make it so you can change your name, but I'm not willing to die on that hill. Yeah. Whoops. Man, reading these questions on my phone is obnoxious. Uh, Max Droom says, since you were talking about shirts on the Thursday show, let's talk about the Think Nerd t-shirt. If you summon a grab bag and you have a shirt already, you can't use it even if the shirt is in Hanks. Currently, what I do at the end of a run is I will go auto-sell the shirt that I, so that I can get a shirt next run if I manage to summon one earlier, uh, early enough since there aren't that many shirts early in the game. Is there an easier way to do this without being dick-stabby? The whole thing feels dick-stabby, and I feel bad for asking. Yeah, that sucks. Because, I mean, the reason that those have that weird restriction on them is not because it would be broken for you to have more than one of them. It's that it wouldn't work for you to have more than one of them. Like, they would just yeah. suddenly both have the same slogan on them. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like we want it, we had a funny idea for a personalized piece of equipment, but the engine just doesn't support that. So we have to fake it in. Hmm. I'll bet that we could... We could probably make it so if you went to use one of the... Because I think there is an item that gives you that shirt, right? Like, there's an item that turns into that shirt when you use it. And it prevents you from using it if you already have one. I'll bet we could just make that item pull one from Hank's if that's where it found one. Oh, Because huh. that's equivalent, right? Like... If you didn't have one in Hanks, you'd be able to use this and get one, I think. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure that that's how that works, but I think that would work. Man, Yogmid says, this is a frustrating question. When will you start accepting Bitcoin as a payment option? It costs almost nothing to implement, takes less fees than PayPal, and will ensure a flood of new users who will donate just to support the Bitcoin community. You can use BitPay to process the payments, so they will automatically convert it to USD, so market volatility is no excuse. There are a lot of things that really bother me about the way that this is presented. Yeah. Like, it feels super, super combative. Mm. Maybe I'm just reading that into mm. almost every experience that I've ever had talking to anyone about Bitcoins, but... I think it's just trying to preempt objections that we might have. Right, but like... Okay, so saying it costs almost nothing to implement, that is true if you are a guy who doesn't value your own time. It is a non-significant cost to implement if you have to pay people to do it, right? right. Like, instituting something, like saying, you know, it, didn't, it, it doesn't cost you anything to set up taking Rixty donations, but it did. It probably cost $1,200, all told, in time that was spent doing that instead of doing other stuff. And salary outlays, right? So, it, sure, saying it will ensure a flood of new users who will donate just to support the Bitcoin community is... It is insane to suggest that that is a thing that is being insured. Because you could say it might, but... Like, I don't know that anyone is going to come and start playing the game and give us money just because we started accepting Bitcoin. And even if one guy did it, wouldn't cover the cost of, of setting it up. I mean, I'm not even against it. It's just that this thing is so abrasive that it's turning me off to the idea. You can use BitPay to process the payment so they automatically convert it to USD, which that is interesting. I didn't know about... I didn't know that there was that option. I wonder how that works. I wonder, like, it converts it to USD and puts it in a PayPal account? Like, what does it mean for it to be converted into USD? Do they have to mail you a check? Like... Huh. Sort of curious about that. 
So market volatility is no excuse. I think it's weird that it just... <clears throat> this comment seems to assume that this is something we really, really should do that we've spent months making excuses about. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Versus it, 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 this is something that we just haven't done and haven't really thought a bunch about. Yeah. Like, it is it is both assuming the sort of primacy of your argument that it is a great thing to do and that we are unreasonably hostile to the idea of doing it. Which, I mean, that's pretty much everyone who ever says anything about Bitcoin. That's exactly the platform that they're standing on. It's super weird. I don't, I don't know why. You know, that's not true. Like, Data Vortex talks about Bitcoin. They'll just, like, explain it, and it's fine. You know? Yeah. Frontalot finally relented. Relented. You know, because of his long-standing hostility against the idea of Bitcoins, just because he's so wrong about everything. But he did. Is he accepting Bitcoin on his uh, yeah, site? Yeah, I believe that he is. Or at least that he was in the process of setting it up the last time I saw him. You know, the, the thing that bugs me about Bitcoin is that they decided to make the plural of it Bitcoin. And I think that is just exclusively so nerds have something to bust each other to about. To catch she on. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Uh, two Bitcoins. <laughs> I think you're... Methinks you mean two Bitcoin. It is not a plural. Yeah. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go play with my Lego. Nobody... Yeah, my Lego brand building toy bricks. Mm, Starwood says, making stuff with snowberries is cool. Clicking on links is not cool. Hey, come on. Clicking on links is cool. Uh, could you make it so you can use chat commands to access the Winter Garden NPC store? Slash go winter. Yes. Actually, I think that that is a thing that should be able to be done. I wonder if, in a in a broader sense, we could make it so slash use would check to see if there was an alternate use link on something right because the it uses the, those berries use a subsystem that is designed for things that have i i think that this got put into place with the iceberglet right because it needed a maybe not the iceberglet something had a use had a use case but then it had another thing that you could do with it a separate thing that you could do with it so we just added this thing it's like well this is a secondary link that will be appended to this thing or will replace whatever the normal link for it is uh, optionally that then invokes some script. But if in almost every case where an item has one of those, it is just invoking the default use this thing script, and there's no reason that slash use couldn't do that because it's it's just submitting a URL, right? So it's not like ever going to let you do anything that you wouldn't normally be able to do. I think it just doesn't check to see. And it's probably because slash use just looks through items for things that are marked as usable items which the snowberries are not because they're a food that also has a use link. The, man, the decisions that were made about the categorization of things on the back end, like, it's fine, you know, we can do our jobs, but a lot of things would change if we had this to do over again. If we did that whole thing where we took a year and made a new KOL, and then no one, no yeah. one would ever play it. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, good Good uh, good looking out for your fellow man, Starwood. Bloody Robe says, Hi guys, my Smith's Tome is broken. When I cast it, I always get the same normal boring items. I never get a black snow cone. What gives? Well, you, you want a black snow cone on the inside because black snow cone is how you feel on the outside. <laughs> uh, Threnza says, Thank you, X10 to the 9th, for the new backpack. Oh wait, is that a billion? Thank you, 
X billion? Uh, for the new backpack, now I can have twice the cuddly familiars with me all the time now. You know you could have three times the cuddly familiars with you all the time if you also had a crown of thrones. Uh, what is your favorite familiar, both in art and functionality? I really like the usefulness of the nano rhino and the grimstone golem's random eye movement animations keep startling me when I see it out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I am probably the most surprisingly proud of the art of the hippo because I didn't think that we could pull that off. I did not think that we could make a ballet dancing hippo in 30 by 30 pixels, but it is entirely convincing. And I'm like, damn. You thought that it was beyond the the realm of art yeah the, I mean the that's weird man I, I was I feel bad when I like hand a thing to hot stuff and say hey animate this I have no guidance on what it might do you know which is basically <laughs> what happened with these new things it's interesting that you say you like the Grimstone Golem's eye movement because it was like we have no ideas we have no ideas for what this is going to be I guess he'll just move his eyes <laughs> like <laughs> man and I had drawn all that and then I read the description about and all of the writing about the being hollow eye sockets. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I had to go back in and edit it. It took like almost a minute to get rid of the, oh, to get rid of the pupils that I had drawn in those eyes, Mr. Skullhead. Well, I, I appreciate you taking that hit. Yep. Let's see. I'm looking at my familiar list. I really like the Piano Cat art because it it is accurate. Both of those, the Piano Cat and the Dramatic Hedgehog are great. Yeah, it's, I also like the forgot. I like the mini hipster because I just like his face. Is he animated? He's not animated, right? He's no. Yeah. I don't know in terms of in terms of familiars that I like. They're like most of the familiars with complicated functions are things that I'm not super excited about because it's those always kind of feel like a. It's like well, we got to make this do something, and it's got to be something that people care about. You know optimizers care about it's got to be something that's not like super complicated to use i don't even know yeah the ones that end up kind of designed by committee like they can end up being really useful but yeah it's it's harder to be excited about that than something that you had this vision for and you saw it all the way through you know i like the bandersnatch i mean that one that one suffered a little bit from like kitchen sink syndrome because of everything that it did and it ended up being too powerful because of that but like i like that it just it does a whole bunch of things but it does all of them as you do other things right it's not like a thing that you are specifically like now i'm doing this with the bandersnatch you're just like all right i'm gonna cast this spell and i know that when i have him it will make that spell better in a certain way and it just i don't know to me that feels a little purer than like the the he boulder even though i like that one i like i also like the ability to like you know it's like like it kind of makes me wish that in the beginning, there had been some way of, like, separating out your action in combat from a familiar's action in combat. Like, if the game had just had cooked into it from the beginning, some way of, like, saying, I'm going to do this, and this is, like, the stance I would like my familiar to be in, or whatever, and that had just been part of how the game played all along, it would make it way easier for us to do more interesting things with the familiar than having to, like... Because basically, like when you point at the enemy to unleash the he-boulder on it, it's like you're spending a round of combat to do that. And for whatever reason, like, I know that that's not... I mean, especially, like, you're spending a round of combat to automatically win this fight, or you're spending a round of combat to, like, get all of the monster's items to drop. Those things are cool, and they're totally worth a round of combat. But 
I want them, I want them to be able to do things that are not worth a round of combat as a resource, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want them to be able to do like I think it would just be neat if like you could get your familiar to stand behind a guy and then you push it over. Like but you did that by telling your familiar to do something and then telling your character to do something. As opposed to like yeah, yeah. that's just a thing that happens in the writing. Um I don't know. I mean I I think it, it would be weird to shoehorn something like that in now. Because then, you know, it's like, oh, so every familiar made after February 2014 has this weird extra thing that it can do. Um, yeah, anyway. As far as familiar functionality, I'm partial to the writing-centric ones. Because I think we came up with some neat stuff for that. Probably the... Uh, even though it... I guess it ended up being kind of a failure. I really like the alien, the little xenomorph. Because that was a thing that... What, why do you think it was a failure? Maybe just from the the feedback from certain devsters. Like, I don't think anybody ever talks about it. Like, I didn't even think about it until I was looking at my familiar list hmm. as, a, as a content familiar. Because it was so... It wasn't, like, taking... All of, you know, like, the scope of the stuff that the pixie does and the scope of what the sandworm does just seems bigger. I mean, it's really but not. It's, I like it's the really, story that the xenomorph It's tells. not bigger, though, right? I mean, I like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, the, the xenomorph is the one that I hear about more often because, and I think it's probably, it probably comes down to, like, this gives you access to scaling monsters readily, uh-huh. so it's not a big deal like you know it's it's like it's not that people are talking about it because it's like a cool story or whatever it's that people are talking about it because of this one you know thing that could have been true of any of these things but I don't I mean I feel like that's one of the better regarded content familiars you know I wouldn't say maybe it's just me yeah I mean I you know I remember like the devsters going so this just comes down to playing Porco and playing Porco is terrible and no one should ever be forced to do it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry. I thought it was fun. I mean, I think that yeah. th- that was not. It wasn't. It wasn't your fault that that's what it came down to. It was. It was just trying to sort of get a meaningful reward system in place for it, right? For the people mm-hmm. for whom the progression through the story was not its own reward. Which is, yeah, which is to be fair, it most is an, of, an interesting failure. Yeah, which, is, which is to be true, to be fair, most of the people who play a video game, right? Like, if mm. you when you're when you're doing things where like the reward is the story, you're targeting a very small group of people, and yeah. it is a you know it is a very it is a small subset. I think we have a larger than normal subset of people who enjoy the story, but not like, and I mean, well, you don't play the story, you don't play for the story thirty times. Yeah, exactly. And like you don't, uh, yeah. It's eh. I think on a certain level, a thing where you play through a story and get nothing is objectively worse than a thing where you play through a story and then get a cool sword, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't like putting a reward system in place, putting putting a, a sort of a tangible gameplay benefit at the end of a story only makes it better. I think. Uh-huh. But that said, things that don't have a super powerful gameplay advantage have they they have the benefit of us being able to do whatever the fuck we want with the story, 
right? Like you can make things unpredictable if you want because no one has to do this. We're not going to get into the idea of whether you have to do something or not, but like it's fine for this to be weird and swingy and super random because it's not a thing that you're going to need to do in every run if you want to get the cool sword out of it. You know, which is, I don't know, that was kind of a directive with with separating the spleen stuff from the content familiar, starting with the sandworm, which we talked about this before, but it was yeah. like, that was one where it's like, I don't want to have to balance this so tightly against, like, it was one thing to balance the pixie against the badger, but having to do every new thing against the rapidly increasing stable of these things, and we wanted to make them with larger scale stuff in them. Also. There you yeah. go. Um... Baron Von Bick Penlord says, Today on Waking from a Nap, I came up with an idea for an awesome skill. It would provide the character with free campsite rest, provided he was dressed as a clown. This would be a great skill because it would have no effect on the Ascension game, so the only problem would be people whining because they don't want to change their clothes before bed, but that's fine because they would be dressed as clowns, so no one would take their whining seriously. Well, no, they would be whining before they put on the clown suit, which is, I think, the key failure in your plan here. Two questions related to this. A, what would you call the skill? Mmm, we all sleep down here? Hmm. Uh, yeah. A uh, Yiro dreams of cla- cla- Bozo dreams of sushi. Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, sand. Sand. <laughs> Two. <laughs> yep. What was the last weird video game dream you had? Um, I haven't had a video game dream in, a, in quite a while. I've had very few dreams that I remember in quite a while, actually. Hmm. My last one was probably the watching somebody play Kingdom of Loathing in the Fellowship Hall of the church that I went to in Prescott. And, like, they were playing it on a big screen TV, and it was this, like, it was, like, set in a city and looked like uh, Infamous or something. And I was like, I'm amazed at the leaps and bounds that we've done with this, but I feel like the writing is going to be so much less important now, and I'm... I'm actually kind of intimidated by this change. I really wish I would have been consulted. Yeah. Hey, you have a lot of those, right? That, that's like, I can't believe you guys did a Broadway musical without me. <laughs> right. Ah, oh, boy. Just, just the two, I think. Okay, I frequently have random dreams that are about KOL or KOL meets. I feel like I end up having a lot of dreams where there is a, some sort of a video game sub-screen that I can consult. Like, I, there's, there's a sort of recurring mechanic in a dream where touching a thing reveals information about that thing or reveals inf- like it's just like some sort of puzzle where okay this room is filled with objects and each of these objects is going to reveal some information to me and the information is almost always presented in like Nintendo font yeah. so I don't know you know it's like oh when I touch this I can just see on the subscreen the you know like some text output from the Goonies 2 or whatever and I don't I don't know exactly like there must have just been some point at which I was especially impressionable that I encountered something like that. Uh, Ashton writes, switching from the text links to the icons, the biggest oddity for me was how far away the main map was from the rest of the location icons. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it makes sense for the... Because I kind of think of the main map, and even though it is not like this at all, I think of the main map as being the sort of main screen of the game because I use it for that. Right, like, the main map is where all of our, like, notations about stuff that we have to do are. And, like, ah, this is where we get to the bug queue. And, like, this is where people check out devsters. And, like, it's 
I think of it as a much more central clearinghouse than I think most players barely ever need to go to it at all. Right? But, yeah. I mean, you're right. That is a little weird, I guess. But changing it now would be even weirder. The thing is, it is the only location icon that's there if you don't set up any other icons. Right? And, I mean, if you don't count... Hmm, is the campsite... That link is not there by default. If you don't count, like, crafting as a location, which it's not. <laughs> kind of is. It's as much a location as anything else that doesn't use place.php, at least. But uh, the main map is the only location that you can get to from that menu, right? So anytime you want to go somewhere that's in the world, that's where you would start, unless you've set up yeah. a shortcut to it. And it's less that the other geographical links are separate from it than it is that all shortcuts are on the right Huh. Um, we are we've been tossing around the idea of incorporating a, like a non-combat action bar and much greater customizability into that iconic menu and I wouldn't be surprised if that's a thing that C.D. Moyer got a bug up his ass to try I need to make a mock-up of how I imagine it would work and then uh, that scope on that spun out of control to redoing the combat action bar using a similar kind of system which is just trickier. Um, right. You know, frames, they're good. Apple Hat says, please consider adding an adventure cap for a billiards room, please. It hurts not to get a pool cue from there. Weird. I thought you base. I thought you always got a pool cue on the first turn in there. I must be confused about the way that works. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to need to, uh, need to take a good, hard look at Spooky Raven. Mm. Somebody, in fact, asks, you know, I don't... Uh, where was this question, man? wish I had a computer on here. No. Maybe it was asked on Thursday show. I have been starting to think a little bit, because, I mean, the, that train is that train is going to be arriving at Spooky Raven within the next few months. Um, the approach that I am sort of interested in taking, and tell me how you feel about this, Mr. Skullhead, is right. to just say, we're going to just make a new house uh, that is a new set of zones that is Spooky Raven Manor, and we're going to keep the things that we really like about Spooky Raven, and then we're also going to incorporate the things that we really like about haunted houses that we didn't incorporate into Spooky Raven, and just like, it's kind of Spooky Raven 2.0. Uh -huh. um, because one of the issues with it is, like, I think it is weird and dissatisfying, and I don't know why I don't feel this way about the alley. I think it's weird and dissatisfying that now that the wrong side of the tracks, or the right side of the tracks, is a thing that looks like a place, it's weird that there's just a door there. And we sort of lampshade yeah. it by saying, oh, weird, that what you thought was just a disembodied door, a disemhoused door, right. you know, turns out it was a whole house. It could just be the whole house, and you can only get into the pantry, right? Because that would, like, right. be a thing that's like, oh, wow, there's a lot more going on in here. It could just, like, you go in there, and it's the first floor, and it's, like, just a container document that's open from the beginning. And when you get into the rest of the rooms, they are all at a level range that's, that's you know, tighter, and there's something to do in there. And then later on, you get a thing that invites you up to the second floor, and those are at a level range that's tight. And, you know, we would don't don't anybody fucking panic about whatever I'm suggesting is would do to 
the things that you like about Spooky Raven are the things that you deal with mechanically in there because we would be able to move rooms around and stuff, right? I mean, we're not going to, like, yeah. you know, we wouldn't have it so, like, oh, well, the mist class power leveling zone is on the first floor and the moxie and muscle classes are on the top floor for whatever reason. Like, we just wouldn't we wouldn't do that. We would switch it around so that it made some kind of sense. But I feel like that would be a better way of approaching it. Just, like, use it, use the existing Spooky Raven as a sort of a design document for an improved version of it that doesn't have all of the constraints that leaving all of the existing systems in place would put on us. Yeah, I think the problem with that has for a while been that you can unlock zones that you can't adventure in and then there's a time delay between when you're opening it and when you can actually use it. Yeah, and then like the the span of I mean, it was a thing that kind of made some sense when it came out because it's like, oh, well this is a new this is a new bunch of content that adds some stuff at every level, right? But right. like that results in it being kind of a dumb experience for somebody who wasn't there when it came out. Right, like if you were already familiar with the game, that was a great thing to add. But encountering it now, it's like, ah, God, when did like, you know, because KOL never gives you any indication of how difficult a zone is. Except, I mean, it kind of does now because with the stat recommendations being a thing, like the reason that we did that is not to free you guys from the restrictions of stat requirements. It was so we could signal to people that they're going into a place that's too hard, even if there's no reason to forbid them from being there. Right, like it was right. purely an informational thing for for people who don't care about the kind of crap that you care about. If that's why you were happy about that update, which makes it one of those rare updates that was like good for everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I really like the idea of at a certain point in your leveling career, you just getting a K mail from Lady Spooky Raven, who then sends you on a quest through the first floor, and then later on you get one to go on a quest through the second floor, and then you have to have done those to unlock the third floor once you get to the level eleven part that requires that. You know, as opposed to like, oh well, I hope you happen to spend enough time in the pantry uh, back in the day to know that that house even exists, or you got a lot of weird shit to do at really low levels before you can make any progress on this branch of the level eleven quest. Right, so, I mean, I guess it'd be a little weird if the quest got triggered by the the message getting sent because then you have no, there's no real opt-in. That's a kind of a weird thing about the council in general is that, like, you go to the council and it's just going to pop an objective into your quest tracker. And those are things that, like, well, you have to do them. But generally we let people decide not to take a quest, which, you know, just seems like a real basic agency thing, but... You know, it could, you know what it could do is it could say, it could, she could just, there could be an envelope attached to the K-mail from Lady Spooky Raven that was like, this is the key to get into the second zone. And then when you use that, it gives you the key and then starts the quest to do whatever your objective is on the first floor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am excited at the prospect of that being one of the next things that, that we work on and approaching it from that direction because I think, you know, the the state of the art and haunted house coolness has probably gone up a little bit in the last few years. And I think it could benefit from some intelligent design. You've learned a lot of stuff about haunted houses doing your 
your horror podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, M. Steeler says, is there a big thing at the end of the Winter Garden? I've had one growing for 30 days now, and I haven't seen anything past seven days growth. No, that one just stops at seven. There is no, there is no big thing at the end of it. Because there is comparatively more going on in it than in the other gardens, and there wasn't, like, there wasn't, like, a real obvious place for it to go. You know? Yeah. I mean, thinking about, like, what happens if you leave a pumpkin patch unattended? Well, of course, you get a giant pumpkin that you can then turn into a house. Duh. But it's... With this, it's like, uh, if you leave it unattended for long enough, everything melts. <laughs> That's what it should do. Just randomly take snow things out of your inventory. Uh, Felgod says, hey, Scully and Jake, can telling the hippie in the woods fat chance stop him from animating, please? Huh. Huh. Yeah, I what? guess. Like, because, you know, the guy, that, the guy that does the smoke signals, like, serious players don't do that quest over the course of a run. And I think it's probably distracting for them to constantly see those smoke signals, because animation usually means something new that you can do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that hurts anything, because the only thing that that's doing is, like, no longer signposting you to something that you've already been to, which, for some people, they're just going to forget, right? Like, they're going to click on everything, and they're like, oh, whatever. I'm just randomly clicking on dialogue options, because who cares? I'm playing my character <laughs> as Loki. As Loki as possible. By not choosing anything that I say. Uh, F says, any update on the release date for Mr. Card Game? Well, I mean... We continue, as always, to have nothing to do with the production and distribution of Mr. Card Game, uh, having having right. only licensed KOL art and concepts to it. Um, yeah, we have slightly less to do with the distribution and completion of Mr. Card Game as the people who make Mr. Card Game do. <laughs> the um, I mean, as I sorry, I, I like those guys. Yeah, no, I, it's I, a I fucking it's a fucking catastrophe. Like I like it is. <clears throat> It, so part of it is just like the classic Kickstarter mistake of your stretch goals changing the scope of the project, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like all this stuff that you had ironed out how you were going to do it, you no longer know how you're going to do it because you are now promising to do things that you've never done before. Um, you know, as I understand it, the games are on the boat from the printer in China. And it's, you know, but I'm, I I know exactly as much about this as anyone else who backed that Kickstarter and is, is getting updates from it. And, like, yeah, it sucks, but it's, like, it sucks in a way that Kickstarter things often suck because that's just a risk of the platform. Like, if these people were a super pro board game company that was always going to deliver their products on time, they would, you know, be distributing those products in stores and, and have the infrastructure to make the game on their own without having to use Kickstarter. Like, the point of Kickstarter is in a lot of ways like giving money to people who don't know what they're doing. Which is not to say that they don't know what they're doing. They they just, you know, there were some mistakes made, I'm guessing. And then there were also a lot of like things that were out of their control that that drove that process to take a lot longer than it was going to. But uh but yeah, I mean, there's we 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 are sitting here just as helplessly as everybody else. Uh do you plan to watch any part of the Super Bowl this weekend? Well, I think we already answered that. Mm-hmm. I don't even use Linux. A Battery says, what's with the lack of a use for Pantsgiving for the Fancy Pants Scarecrow when the Travolton Trousers and Gap are some of the best pants for him? It's pretty disappointing. Oh, is there, like, no pants rack behavior for Pantsgiving? That's surely not true. Um, let me check. Hmm. If there's not, and if that's true, I mean, unless he's just saying, unless he just doesn't like what it does, and he's saying, because I don't like what it does, it effectively does nothing. 
It's just a potato. Huh. I I didn't write this. So We could look at we could look at uh the other ones and maybe bad damn, I don't know. I think who whomever did that just looked at the little spreadsheet that I made that said, "Hey, this kind of pants should have this kind of functionality." and didn't know that I that there's always something else in there too. So like, oh, this should be a potato. Okay, it's a potato. That may have been something that like hot stuff threw on there. Before yeah, I mean, it might have been. Oh, yeah, right. It might have been a thing because it was like, oh fuck, this is rolling out right now, and it doesn't have pants rack behavior. We don't like have a report that points out when something doesn't have pants rack behavior, right? So yeah, like usually you're pretty good though about yeah, <laughs> yeah, those. but some, but I mean, when we forget, no one thinks of it. Like yeah. it's. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. This is not hard to do, I, although I find it, I find it very, very difficult to write the scarecrow. Like I can write the hat rack fine. Like I can do that myself if it comes down to it. But I, man, I can't, I can't make the yeah, like because the hat rack can be anything. Yeah, right. It's just I can write crazy guy. I can't write like mean rich guy talking about pants. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a very specific it, skill. Yeah. I'm actually putting that on yeah. my resume. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's a thing that, and I mean, also like, I know that this is probably lame, but like, if the only thing that's not done on something is hat rack or pants rack behavior, I'll I'll roll it out anyway, because we'll mm. get to that because it's not that important a feature of right. of any new kind of like I'm certainly not going to like oh sorry you guys don't get this you know quest revamp because something doesn't have scarecrow behavior like. You know, which then just which then it leads to like that being a sort of a, a high profile missing thing when it is missing. Sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, that generally only happens when somebody forgets to put notes in there for someone to pick pants rack behavior, and we we should probably just make that a, a part of the development tools rather than a thing that we have to manually do. A filler says, is there a keyword that I can add to the mall search in order to look for Manuel potions only? Limiting the search to potions yields the tiny amount of 622 results currently. In other news, kudos for possessing the creativity required to come up with so many different, uh, so many more or less different items. Oh, more or less different. You had to qualify it. Thanks, bro. (laughs) Man, there's like 7,500 items. It's crazy. Someday, we're going to be able to publish a novel that is just the item descriptions. And (laughs) one of us is going to be charged with ordering them into a novel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that that is an exercise for the reader. Hmm. <laughs> we just we just put all the words in alphabetical order, <laughs> turning turning these into either a novel or a series of seventy five hundred item descriptions is left as an exercise for the reader. <laughs> the thing that stops me, the thing that stops me from like publishing every KOL item description as an ebook, is that there are these big sections in the middle of like the dusty bones and stuff where there is it printing them all out and reading them side by side would belie the amount of like unoriginality sometimes just copied and pasted the same joke across a hundred items you know the oyster eggs and stuff but uh so what we should do is just randomize them and then print them out huh so like not in any particular order so people can well, not so people can pretend, like, so that it would be a novel about the American experience told in a non-chronological format, 
that relies on the reader to collect connect the dots. Okay. I mean, so yeah. uh, so then honestly, it would be like the House of Leaves of KOL. I have I borrowed that book from Riff like 4 years ago and have not uh, yet even cracked it open. Are you not a fan? How How are you doing on Anansi boys? <laughs> uh, shut up. It just I, wasn't uh, very good. I haven't tried it. It just wasn't very good. Hmm. I saw something about Neil Gaiman because apparently our uh, our, our homeboy Patrick Rothfuss uh, raised a whole lot of money for some charity. Yeah, that seems cool. I don't know to what extent he Patrick made... Rothfuss could be described as our homeboy. He is a he is a guy that consumed a product at some point. He consumed a he consumed any product at some point. Makes sense. Um. How are we doing on time? I think we could probably maybe do one more question and then call it. Sounds good. Uh, hello, says Luscious. First, thanks for such a wonderfully fantastic and addictive game. Second, Newbie Chat has been a magnificent way to glean information regarding the game and is populated by perhaps the nicest and most intelligent people in gaming. Oh, especially those mods. Ow. No, I think you mean that Newbie is a horrific hellhole that needs draconian measures to be implemented immediately. Yeah. I haven't heard that in a long time. Okay, so I'm I'm old on my jokes. Well, I mean, I people might just be like it could be that the reason that I haven't heard that in a long time is because anytime anybody said that to me, I basically did not react at all. So they've just stopped bothering to say it. Uh, finally, have dates been selected for the upcoming KOLCon? Is there any other news to release on that front? Uh, dates have been selected. I don't remember them offhand. It's like the first weekend in. June. <laughs> yep. First week- oh god, that would suck. First weekend in uh, September, fifth uh, through fifth and sixth. Okay, and uh, I believe it's going to be. I, I mean, I think we've we've booked the same venue. Um. Oh, that's new. We should put that in. I think. I'm not like a thousand percent sure of that. Once that has been verified, it should be published. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was always going to be somewhere around there, right? So I think the same hotels still apply. Although that venue has a lot of hotels within an easy walking distance. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for the comments. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of 110 Dozen Minutes with 90 Minutes of Mr. Skullhead. Coming up next, 60 Minutes. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jake, and I'm already gone. <laughs>